0: The following is a podcast podcast1.com presentation. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target, USA.
1: Very graphic situation. San Bernardino. Upwards of 14 people that are dead. We are now investigating these horrific acts as an act of terrorism.
0: Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State.
1: I'm Barack Obama. They want you to imagine them in the shadows as something greater than they are.
0: Hostile nation states.
1: They can't inflict mortal damage to the United States.
0: Cyber criminals.
1: Decryption successful.
0: This is Target USA. America in the crosshairs. Whether it's anarchist, cyber criminals, nation states, or terrorist, America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. I'm J.J. Green, previously on Target USA. Director of National Intelligence James Clapper outlined the nation states that are most dangerous to the
1: U.S. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, you know, the the usual suspects, I guess. They're all of concern to us.
0: And the most dangerous of them all, North Korea and its unpredictable leader, Kim Jong-un. And now, on this program, a chilling examination of the North Korean regime and what's at stake. My country is buried and lost in political conversations. On April 30th, 2015, a brave North Korean defector endeavored to testify before the UN during a session on human rights. Sometimes we forget that North Korea is not just a country failed in a dictatorship, but that there are all people who have hopes and dreams, like myself, my mother, and my sister. The speaker was interrupted repeatedly by the North Korean delegation.
1: Among the human rights violations committed in the U.S. Please shut the mic down since this is not an authorized presentation.
0: The undiplomatic action prompted Samantha Power, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., to intervene.
1: If we could ask the acoustic people, please ensure that the microphone is not live. Thank you.
0: The interruptions continued, prompting outrage from other attendees at the meeting.
1: Uh, uh, How long is this speech going to go on?
0: because I will give you a chance to speak, but we we have a proceeding to follow. The belligerence from the North Korean delegation continued. Ambassador Power again intervened.
1: So we are calling UN Security, sir. You can either conclude your remarks or you will be removed from the room.
0: That is an example of the extreme tension between North Korea and the rest of the world. North Korea is a country about the size of Ohio, population 25 million. It was created in 1945 with the partition of Korea at the end of World War II. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the DPRK as it's called, was headed by the former guerrilla leader, Kim Il-sung. In 1950, the Korean War broke out. After much destruction, a truce was declared in 1953. And to this day, in the minds of North Korean leaders, the conflict has never ended and their aggression has continued. After Kim Il-sung died in 1994, his son Kim Jong-il assumed control of the country and guided the nation's clandestine development of nuclear weapons. Today, having conducted several successful nuclear tests and under the leadership of Kim Jong-un, son of Kim Jong-il, who died in 2011, North Korea continues its bellicose behavior. And one man who sat across the table from them trying to talk them down from their nuclear program experienced that behavior firsthand.
1: In one of the meetings, they said very uh, at the opening of the meeting, if we can't come to an agreement we like, we being North Korea, uh, we'll build more weapons, we'll test those weapons, and we'll sell, we could even possibly sell them.
0: Joseph Detrani was the U.S. mission manager for North Korea for a decade. He's now president of the Daniel Morgan Academy in Washington. It's a national security graduate school. And he says Kim Jong-un's objective is very clear.
1: He's building a nuclear arsenal to tell the international community, indeed the United States and South Korea, Japan, that nobody should mess with us.
0: And not only is Kim Jong-un talking tough, he's working on backing it up.
1: North Korea has made significant progress over the years in missile technology and in their nuclear capabilities, both plutonium-based and uranium-enriched-based nuclear weapons. North Korea is also working on miniaturization, and they're working on mating a miniaturized nuclear device to one of their missiles. That, by definition, makes North Korea's nuclear program an existential threat to the region because they have no DONGs and, and SCUDs that could reach allies like Japan.
0: Detrani says Kim has created one of the biggest threats to U.S. national security in the history of the nation.
1: They're also working on an intercontinental ballistic mobile missile, the KNO-8, which once tested, and if successful, it would be capable of reaching the whole of the United States.
0: In late 2015, U.S. military and intelligence officials confirmed North Korea already has at least one KN-08 that's operational. The question is, will they cross that red line and use it? Kim Jong-un has purged a number of top military and cabinet officials, including his own uncle. And given the kind of instability that that creates, the Trani is worried.
1: This is of great concern, because who has the finger on the, uh, the button here? Who's going to make that decision if they should ever, would ever use something like that?
0: North Korea, just one of the urgent problems facing the U.S. Coming up on our next episode. When we look at the threat reporting emanating from ISIL and from other HVEs from around the country, we know that there is a constant, persistent threat to the district. We know that. The Bullseye is on Washington, D.C., An exclusive interview with the FBI's intelligence director. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA.
1: Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines. AP Update. I'm Tim McGuire. The presidential race is focused on primaries in five states today. Ohio, Illinois, Missouri, Florida, and North Carolina. Bernie Sanders is trying to cut into Hillary Clinton's lead in the Democratic race. In Ohio, Tylen Gallon says she voted for Sanders because of the anger in the Republican side of the race. We
0: don't need someone who's advocating, um, inciting violence.
1: So, Bernie, all the way. But in Missouri, Jenny McDuff favored Clinton. Bernie Sanders... You know, I, I agree with some of his views, but he was just a little too extreme with the socialism for me. President Obama, meanwhile, says political leaders need to find ways to end the anger on the campaign trail. Too often,
0: uh, we've accepted this as somehow the new normal. And it's worth asking ourselves what each of us may have done to contribute to this kind of vicious atmosphere. AP our-
1: Update, I'm Tim McGuire.